0: Welcome to the HR Chat Podcast, bringing the best of the HR and talent communities to you. Welcome to another episode of the HR Chat Show. I'm your host today, Bill Bannum, And in this HR Chat episode, we're gonna hear from Patrick Kunoia, Chief Evangelist at Peacom, a platform for measuring and improving employee engagement. His passion is to inspire thought and action within the global hr community he believes that if people love coming to work each day a business will naturally thrive as part of his role patrick gets to speak with many different people within organizations from ceos to managers and employees
1: this podcast episode is sponsored by virgin pulse the number one global employee well-being solution provider supporting 7.5 million members in 20 languages across 190 countries Virgin Pulse offers solutions that deliver on their home base for health vision of simplifying and unifying other point products into a better together ecosystem and transform the mental, physical, financial, social, community, and emotional health of organizations and their people. You can learn more at virginpulse.com.
0: Patrick, it's my pleasure to welcome you to the HR Chat Show today.
1: Bill, thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
0: Tell me a little bit about
1: your career background and your current role at Peacon. Absolutely. So uh, prior to working at PECON, uh, I was vice president of people and learning at a technology startup in San Francisco, and that's actually how I got introduced to PECON. I was a customer of Pecon's before I joined. Um, the majority of my career has been in people leadership and and people operations. I worked for Virgin America, which uh, some people will know is, if you're in, in America, you'll you'll know Virgin America is a an airline uh, that was launched in 2006, and I was on the team that launched that. Uh, spent the majority of my career there. I've worked primarily in the airline industry. Interestingly, I I, I don't have a SaaS background, uh, but um, I'm quite passionate about working for organizations that are very focused on employee experience. And as you said earlier, creating an amazing place for people to work. So that's how my career led me to PECON. As I said, was a customer of PECON's, loved it so much that I moved 5,000 miles from San Francisco to Copenhagen, Denmark in 2016. Uh, I was brought on uh, early at PECON within the first 15 employees to build out what the customer experience was and is today. Uh, my career progressed over the past couple of years. I've done different roles uh, at the organization, but now, as you said, I primarily have the opportunity to to speak about PECON, to work with our portfolio organizations, and hopefully to help organizations with creating amazing places for for their employees to be. Just a side note: I'm, I'm a big fan of all things to do with
0: Virgin Brands. I I was lucky enough to cover the Virgin Pulse Thrive Summit last year in NOLA, New Orleans. What a fantastic city. And there I managed to uh, get a chance to chat to, to Sir Richard Branson. What a ledge. One of the funniest fireside chats I have ever i've ever seen and uh listeners actually you can check out a couple of interviews with uh the ceo at virgin boss or um the most recent one i think was published on june 2nd uh okay anyway back to the questions so tell me a bit about uh Picon in terms of how it's helping clients with with insights needed to improve business processes in in real time how how is this helping them to react faster during extremely rapidly changing times right and and what are what are some of the specific areas that organizations maybe should focus on to build for a successful future in in this
1: altered world of work? Yeah, so uh, PECON, what we're our passion is uh, is to help organizations with meaningful insights uh, that drive action and, and the the most impactful action. Uh, for their organizations, depending on where they're at, right? So what we do is we take employee feedback, convert that into meaningful insights, and then ultimately empower, not only at an organizational level, but also at a leader level for, for people to drive those meaningful actions. So in particular right now, how we're helping organizations is to empower their employee voice. Employees are, as we know, and we're kind of going through these amazing and and unprecedented times and, and the world of work has significantly changed uh, and is fundamentally going to be different for the future. So how Pecan helps organizations today is by empowering that voice of their employees so that on, in a real-time way and in a very intelligent and um, continuous way, allow for employees to have their voice heard and to understand what's going on in their business because businesses are changing and what we're trying to do is empower organizations to make the right decisions on how they're building their new future uh, in the new world of work and that really is about including employees in that process and every organization right now is going through fundamental change so to set organizations up for success in how their future is going to unfold we really have to understand how employees uh, feel and and are experiencing uh, the organizations today and and what they want for the future. Because right now, and, and you probably experience and are seeing this as well, Bill, that people are at the center of organizations' decisions today. And that is an amazing, that's an amazing outcome of the situation that we've been in for the past couple of months. And employee well-being and um, culture and, and how employees stay connected with their organizations is all at the center of of business decision today. So the voice of employees is, is just so so critical to that. And, and that's what we're really trying to do is empower that.
0: Okay, thank you very much. Uh, Patrick, I like to mix up my uh, my podcast interviews a little bit and change up the pace from time to time. So in 30 seconds or less, he's like, oh boy, what? Um, what is one pitfall that, that you see happening? And how would you suggest organizations avoid it in the context of your previous answer?
1: Okay, so one pitfall right now is that uh, organizations are trying to over communicate with their employee group, which is great. Uh, because the more communications that are happening, uh, the better. However, employees are starting to perceive that a bit as, or could perceive that as monitoring. So what we have to be really cautious of is uh, employees are worried about how the perception of their productivity is. And what we need to do is not worry about productivity, but more worry about how do we empower employees to make the right decision to give them Autonomy to trust them, and to manage to output as opposed to managing to time, because the world of work is just different today. Okay, I think that was about forty-five seconds, but you're <laughs> forgiven because it was a good answer. Sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now then, um, as part of my homework ahead of this interview, I was uh, I was reading around some of the the recent posts that you've written um some of those are based on on your awesome new podcast so congratulations for that um based on your second podcast interview you 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 wrote a post on on the Beacon blog called five things we learned about managing remote teams patrick how how can organizations stay close while workers keep their distance and what are what what are some of the challenges of of managing distributed teams and I, i guess part of that as well is how can leaders retain a sense of engagement with employees when when, when they are distant?
1: So I, I feel that there's a lot of elements to how, how leaders, and I think we'll focus primarily on leaders because leaders and organizations have never been more critical than they are today. And I think that the role of the leader has also significantly evolved in the past 12 weeks. It's actually jumped ahead almost five to 10 years in the future in a lot of ways, as most organizations have in general, just around flexible work and remote working. And we, we've all been forced into, in a, sometimes in an unprepared way of, of the world that we're in today. So leaders right now are incredibly crucial in how employees stay connected and how employees remain engaged and how they continue to Uh, to to work. And so I think there's a couple of of challenges right now in the workplace. One is employee well-being is top priority, as I said earlier, for organizations. It is not just the responsibility of HR teams to support employee well-being. Now it's the frontline leader's responsibility to be really well-skilled, to be knowledgeable, and also to be confident, to be a leader that can support a team when it comes to their well-being. And that is a new skill set that I think many leaders have not really focused as much on in the past because employees have been in offices. We've been able to understand how employees sometimes are just feeling just from being with them personally, you know, in person with them in an office. And so now leaders are trying to connect with their employees or their teams They're trying to connect with their teams. Their teams are remote. They're trying to understand the feeling of their teams. And we know that right now there's like emotional highs and lows that are just naturally happening with employees uh, and also with leaders. So I think the challenge right now is how do we empower leaders to be truly connected as well-being leaders? And how do we do that with a large distributed workforce and a lot of leaders around the world? And that can also potentially put a lot of pressure on HR teams because we we have to upskill a leadership community uh, fairly quickly. So uh, one of the ways that I think organizations can, can overcome that challenge is there, there's a lot of bench strength within our leadership teams today. And there are leaders in organizations that have been really successful remote leaders for, I don't know, a year or two years prior to the, the pandemic. And organizations that are identifying those leadership skills and those leaders that are really great at empowering autonomy, building trust with their with their teams, building individualized relationships and building personal relationships with their members of their team to understand their well-being and have that trusted relationship. There's that bench strength within organizations today. So, what, what I suggest and what we suggest is understand where those bench strengths are and connect those leaders with the leaders that are new to this. And that peer mentoring not only takes the pressure off of HR, but it starts to create even a more Interconnected team of leaders and creates that peer mentorship and raises that skill level of some of these leaders that are now forced into this new world, but also you know creates this more focus around employee well-being leaders and and just I should say well-being leaders because I think that's a significant challenge that organizations are going to face in the future. Okay, now in
0: another post. Uh, Summarising your, your third interview you know, of the In Conversation with with, with Patrick Cornier episode, you, you, you wrote, for, for senior leaders, there's no instruction manual for leading through a pandemic. And as COVID-19 has continued, business leaders everywhere have had to adapt strategy, adjust processes, and respond to unforeseen pressures and decisions. And you certainly just touched on that a moment ago. Um, yesterday, as, as we record this one in, in early june yesterday I, I i hosted the first uh, uk innovate work event and and we had we had a speaker who is from a, another company in in your space and um that they, they were saying that um the feedback that they're they're receiving through their tool shows that actually there's a big disconnect at the moment between what leaders are saying and what employers are, are feeding back around the issue of Offering opportunities for employees to reskill and, and remain relevant, because this is a big concern for people, right? You know, um, a lot of people have already lost their jobs, Patrick. Um, others are lucky enough to have retained their jobs, but they're concerned that they they're they're no longer going to be relevant in six or twelve months' time as automation continues to 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 to, to take pace, um, or perhaps budgets continue to be cut. Are you guys seeing much feedback from employees ar- ar- around a need for, for more opportunities to reskill, to, to retrain? And is that is there a disconnect from what you guys are seeing between what leaders are saying and, and what employees are feeding
1: back? I wouldn't say so much around reskilling or retraining. I think that there is, there, prior to the pandemic, we did a study into employee expectations and there was definitely uh, an expectations difference between what employees were experiencing and what organizations felt that they were providing. We we call it the expectations gap. And we did see that that was getting wider in the data that we had looked at over the past year, that the expectations gap was getting wider. And then the world changed, obviously, in, in March. And um, I still think that there is a significant gap in employee expectations and what organizations are uh, and the organization's perspective. However, I think that that gap has narrowed a bit because organizations now in, in, in the past three months have really realized that understanding what the needs of their employees are is the is so critical and business decisions in the past may have been made on customer needs or, or shareholder needs or, or needs outside of or the, the employee needs have maybe have not been the, the the number one priority. well, they they are today. So I think that the the expectation gap comes from, uh, a bit of fear. And what we did see in the data over the past couple of months is that employees were actually very, had a high level of satisfaction around how their organizations were looking after their safety and were responding to the pandemic and were, were responding to uh, business continuity for for the future. Now we're moving into this next phase, which we're a lot of people are calling it return to work. And I, yesterday I was on, on a session with a colleague of mine and she made a really good point. She said, calling this return to work is also kind of, you know, it's not really setting the right expectation because it's not a return to work. People have been working and people have been working, you know, a lot and, and quite hard in, in difficult circumstances over the past uh, couple of months. So, It's almost, it's a return to a new normal, maybe a return to the office. For many employees that were laid off or furloughed, it is a return to work. But there are many, many employees around the world that have been working and working quite hard. So I think communication and how things are positioned within organizations, that's maybe where uh, some of the gap is coming in, is just ensuring that how we talk about the situation that we're in, how we position what the future is going to be, I think that is a a big part of it. Because communication right now and two-way communication is even harder, right? Because so many people are just not in an office and and are probably not going to be in office for the foreseeable future. Many companies now are saying, well, don't even worry about coming back into an office in 2020. And that's months to the end of the year. So I, I don't think it's so much around, I, I mean, I, I do think that there is concern out there around reskilling and, and being relevant in the workplace, but I, I think it's more right now around how do we continue to a communication? How do we communicate the right way and, um, and do it in an empathetic way. And and that's where the leadership with, with no playbook is, leaders that are taking a stance of a bit of vulnerability, uh, leading with empathy, and understanding what their specific organizational challenges are, that is where the success is going to come in because every organization is just feeling and experiencing this in a different way, but the key is that they're experiencing it together. So being able to truly lead in an empathetic and vulnerable way in particular at a senior leadership level, I think that's where the success is going to come in. Okay, wonderful. Thank you. Patrick, we're
0: almost out of time. Can you believe this? Um, before through. we do wrap things up, um, please tell me, how, how can our listeners connect with you and how can they learn more about all of the
1: wonderful things happening over at PECON? Absolutely. So my email address is quite easy. It's just Patrick at peconcom So please feel free to reach out to me. Check us out at pecon.com. We have a great center around um, uh, blogs and some of the research that we have in our data. We have also a great section called pecan.com forward slash heartbeat. Heartbeat are reports that we do or we look into our data set and find out deeper insights and trends. Uh, As I said, we did the employee expectation report just a few months ago. So that's a good read and we'll have another one coming out soon. But it's all found on pecan.com. So check us out.
0: Well, that just leaves me to say for today, Patrick, thank you very much for being a guest on this episode of the HR Chat Show. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. And listeners, until next time, stay safe. Thank you for listening to the HR Chat Podcast, brought to you by the HR Gazette.